Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We're live. Goodness gracious, I guess the red symbol means we're live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast. We'll let it breathe just for a second. I think we're good. The Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He's fresh off a restful weekend, ready to go in on some ridiculous analysis from CBS Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach how was your weekend, my friend? Uh, hot. It's been hot here. I'm trying to stay indoors, stay cool. I mean, the summer's really gripping uh, where I am and uh, the humidity and everything. I'm a big fall and winter guy, Chad. So when the summer rolls around, I'm just trying to stay under the AC and trying to stay as cool as possible. So happy to be back podcasting, though, as always. We got to go in on our former employer. It just <laughs> has to be done. As as two guys, <laughs> as two guys who uh, both used to work for CBS Sports. It does pain us. Let me, let me tell you, it pains us to have to go in on them. But two different topics that they really stepped in it, man. They, you, you wonder, where are you getting this information? Like, where are you getting your take? How are you formulating this analysis? And it started, Zach, with a co- former colleague of ours by the name of Josh Edwards, who published his top 10 NFL off seasons. Okay, so in other words – which were the top 10 teams that had the best off seasons. Let me just run through the list real quick, Zach. Obviously the Broncos were omitted from this list completely, but here's who Josh Edwards, CBS sports have as the top 10, number one, the number one Buccaneers. Hey, I understand them being in the top 10. You get Tom Brady, you get Gronk. They did some good things in the draft. I get that Two, Arizona Cardinals, three Baltimore Ravens, four San Francisco 49ers, five, Cleveland Browns, six New York Jets, seven Las Vegas Raiders, eight New Orleans Saints, nine L.A. Chargers, and ten Indianapolis Colts. Where do you even begin on this deck? 
I disagree wholly with some of these some of these teams on there. I don't know why the Chargers, Chad, are getting so much praise for their offseason. I don't see what they did that's great. They lost their you know future potential Hall of Fame quarterback. They didn't really replace him with anyone that's bona fide right now. Going to Ty- Tyrod Taylor is a huge downgrade there. Uh, and, and in terms of some of the other teams, it just seems like they're reading a, a list of the mo- the Jets too. Like what did they do besides sign a bunch of over the hill offensive linemen? And then draft Denzel Mims. I, I, they don't haven't done much either. They they're they're playing with fire with Jamal Adams. I mean, it, it's not a great look for Adam Gase there. And also the Cowboys were admitted, and I, they had a great offseason too. I, yeah. So he in itself omitted the two teams that had the best offseasons to go along with the popular sentiment because you got a forty three year old Tom Brady and Gronkowski fresh off the WWE championship. It's just the popular sentiment, and it's that popular group thing. They look over the team, they do a cursory search, and they form baseless, lazy analysis and opinions. That's that's where I start with that. Let's dial back just just as a um, counterbalance, just just to kind of posture these two differences. We did a podcast. I want to say it was right after the draft, so the last week of April, where we were like, "What the Sam Hill." The, I think it was Sports Illustrated. It might have been Albert Breer. I think it was Albert Breer or Connor Orr, one of those two, that said they gave the Broncos an A-plus in the draft. And then what was it? Was it like an A-minus for free agency? And then like a week later said that they're going to be you know a sub-500 team or whatever it was. I can't remember the exact, the exact gist. But the reason I'm bringing it up is the fact that the Denver Broncos – almost across the board, Zach, were lauded for their draft class. Now, I can understand how some might not be completely blown away by their free agency, um, you know, their free agent hall, because they brought in some good guys via trade, but they also let some big names go. Chris Harris Jr., Derek Wolf, I mean, Adam Gotts, his former second-round pick, but whatever. In comes Jarrell Casey, in comes A.J. Bouye to kind of balance the scales a little bit. And there was a few other well-placed signings throughout but really, it was the draft. It was the draft that, I mean, getting Jerry Judy in the first round, sitting at pick 15, you're getting Jerry Judy. And to follow that up with KJ Hamler, to follow that up later on with a starting, like a day one starting center in Lloyd Cushenberry, the Denver Broncos, look, we can sit and pick nits that maybe they're not number one. Maybe they didn't have a better moving the franchise forward offseason than, say, the Tampa Bay Bucks. But to be omitted from the top 10, and in fact, to see a team like the Raiders or the Chargers, in the top 10 without the Denver Broncos listed to me is the epitome of disrespect. But when you land Jarrell Casey, a five-time pro bowler for a, a seventh round pick, when you land AJ Boye, a former pro bowl cornerback for a fourth round pick, that kind of offsets some of the bigger losses in free agency. And Chris Harris Jr. to any Broncos fan or any Broncos media member, anyone with a functioning brainstem can see he's not the same player as he was last year. So letting him walk to the Chargers and, and getting the contract that he did was actually a good move by Denver. There is no reason why they should be off this list considering the draft they had, the free agent moves they had, how they built the entire offseason around their franchise quarterback in Drew Locke. That deserves praise in itself. The Buccaneers did it with their franchise quarterback with Tom Brady now. Why are they on the list? Why are the Saints on the list? What did they do to deserve that? I'll tell you what they did. They're the Saints. They're a playoff team. They're a Super Bowl contender. They're in the always in the headlines. They're a popular team. The Broncos aren't. The Broncos have that media bias against them, and it just trickles down to every outlet, whether it's NFL.com, Bleacher Report, Pro Football Focus, CBS Sports. It's the same trope. 
And it's not just a coincidence anymore. It's not just one or the other. It's a trend. And it's been a trend for a while now. The difference is, Chad, you and I are calling it out every single time. And unfortunately, in this case, it's not the only snafu. It's not It's not the only questionable head-scratching assertion made by CBS Sports over the weekend. We'll get to the second one, which had something a little something to do with Von Miller in a uh, omitted way. We'll get to that here in just a, a few minutes. First, though, guys, we just want to welcome in those of you who've been hanging out in the room with us. It's good to see you guys. Brian, Matt, Robert, Ernie, uh, Doug, what's going on? See Super Chat coming in. Stony Neff, good to see you in a live stream. We got Jeff. We got Dennis Elliott's in the house. Good to see you guys. And, of course, Buona Beast keeping things flowing in the chat stream. Good to be with you guys. We've been itching to get back here on the microphone talking to you, and we can't wait to get to whatever's on your mind. We've got questions. If you've got topics you want to get to tonight, we're happy to get to them a little bit later in the show. First, though, we got to talk about this Von Miller thing. But before we do that, quick reminder, this show continues to grow exponentially across all platforms, Facebook, YouTube, all the podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, all that stuff, Spotify. We got to make sure our new listeners know how to connect with us on social media at Huddle Up Pod. That's the first thing to do. Open up Twitter, follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. And then while you're at it, make sure you're also following at Mile High Huddle. If you got those two things on Twitter, you're not going to miss a single thing as it relates to the podcast or breaking Broncos news and analysis. Also, gang, if you got, uh, if you're in a position to, Check out huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself one of these football priest hats. Get yourself a football priest t-shirt. Get yourself a state of being mile high huddle hoodie. There's mugs. There's face masks. There's a little something for everybody. Men, women, go check it out if you're in a position to. It's another way that you can help support what we're doing here at Mile High Huddle, bringing you daily video and podcast content on YouTube and, of course, at milehighhuddle.com, plus all the written content. It's one way to support the cause. And then if you're not in a position to do that, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here in the stream with us, contributing to the conversation, participating in this. Three simple things you can do. Organic, doesn't cost anybody anything. Make sure you're subscribed first and foremost on YouTube. And then wherever you're listening to the show, whether you're live or if it's after the fact, make sure you like this video and share it out there if you really like what Zach and I are doing. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. 
tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's uh, really quick here. I want to make sure we don't jump over everybody. Um, let's grab Zeus McPeak showing some love early on in the stream on Super Chat. Thank you, Stu. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, forget the haters. The Broncos just need to go prove it. Amen. And Stu, we love you. We appreciate you, my friend. There is some truth to that, Zach, that at a certain point, it just becomes outside noise. Bulletin board material stacks on top of it, you know, itself. And then the team hits the grass exactly one month from today. July 28th is when the Denver Broncos will open training camp and the floodgates can open along with them. Let them hate. Uh, it, it's it's let let that bulletin board material get full fill you know let that whiteboard get full with all mm-hmm. these different things all these different Nick Wrights and the Adam Ranks and the Josh Edwards of the world let it just keep stacking up because again come January February everyone will be lining up with a plate in hand with a fork with a spoon with a knife ready to eat some crow and I literally cannot wait for that months from now. Yeah, George, you're, you and George you are on the same song. There it is. Bonafide superstars jumping in. He says, let them all hate. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. It's good to see you, George, my friend. Uh, we also got from across the pond our friend, James Campbell, who uh, is reminding us that it is the Duke of Denver, even John Elway's birthday today. He turned 60. He crossed the 60 barrier, the milestone, whatever you want to call it. He now can go get his senior citizen discounts at different places. <laughs> and it's crazy to think he's 60 because then I have to reckon with my own mortality and go, geez, if, if John always getting old, what does that say about me? But yeah, James, thanks for the uh, super and the reminder. And also gang, James is going to be the next bona fide superstar to join us on the podcast. He's going to join us Wednesday night for a segment and we're going to talk some Broncos. We're going to find out, how he became a Broncos fan living across the pond in the United Kingdom. It's going to be a gas. These are some of the things we're trying to do to kind of give back to our supporters on Super Chat, weaving the biggest personalities from the community onto the show as best we can. So that'll be on Wednesday night's show, guys. You're not going to want to miss it. All right, Zach, let me just make sure we can put a pin in everything else for a second because I want to get to this. Uh I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. So that was the first thing, right? The the Josh Edwards Broncos not being listed in the top 10, according to CBS Sports and Josh Edwards, of the best off seasons, but arguably just as bad, maybe even worse. I can't wait to get your take on this, Zach. Was Ryan Wilson listed his top 10 edge rushers in the NFL. And let me just read these off for you guys really quick. Number one, TJ Watt. In fact, maybe I ought to just do it very, very quickly. I'll just do a share screen so you guys can follow along. We're on the same page. It's all good. All right. So as you can see here, I'll I'll blow it up a little bit. All right. So top 10 edge rushers in the NFL, according to Ryan Wilson. TJ Watt, number one. Miles Garrett, number two. Chandler Jones, number three. Cameron Jordan, number four. Joey Bosa, number five. Shaquille Barrett, number six. Mm -hmm. Danielle Hunter, number seven, Zadarius Smith, number eight, Khalil Mack, number nine, and then Nick Bosa, Joey's little bro, entering just his second year in the league, taking precedence over a guy like Von Miller. Now, Zach, we know that Von Miller 
took a little bit of, I wouldn't say a step back, but his, his 2019 campaign wasn't up to his traditional standards. And I'm not quite ready to say, oh, you know, the, it's, it's due to his 30, you know, he's 31. He's entering his age 31 season. Last year was his age 30 season. I'm not quite willing to attribute it, Zach, to age because there were so many other mitigating factors, including Vic Fangio's scheme, yeah. and, uh, getting, getting that up to speed, including the fact that he put on weight and including the fact that he lost Bradley Chubb. So we could get into it. But what was your gut reaction to seeing here? I loved your tweet. I'm not I'll let you I'll let you <laughs> share your tweet. But what, what's your gut reaction to this? Well, yeah, I tweeted, did Von Miller die? Like, how do you forget about the guy? But before I wrote that, I actually had written out, Von Miller has more career sacks than TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and Shaquille Barrett combined. You're leaving off a guy with 106 career sacks. How does that happen? A future first ballot Hall of Famer, Super Bowl 50 MVP. He was not Von Miller last year, but in no way is Danielle Hunter a better pass rusher or Shaquille Barrett, who might have been a flash in the pan for 2019. You're going to leave Von Miller off that list. And even having Khalil Mack, say what you want about the guy, that low over some of the other players like Zadarius Smith, it's just... I don't know. That was my gut reaction is like, how do you leave him off? He, he's the best pass rusher for my money of this generation, of the last decade. Easy. He single-handedly carried his team to a championship or did most of the work. And just because he had a down year last year, it's not like he had zero sacks or one right. sack. I mean, he had, he had a decent number of sacks. Wasn't Von Miller-like, but he's still in the league. He's still playing. And like you mentioned, he's getting Bradley Chubb back. He, another year in Vic Fangio's system. This guy, he's losing weight. He's motivated this year. He wants to prove people wrong. How do you leave him off? Maybe not number one, but how do you leave him off? That was my gut reaction. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, we've, crit- we've been critical at times of Von Miller, just in the sense that, you know, the, the the true great ones can't just say, well, they were double teaming me. What are you going to do? Or, you know, they triple teamed me X amount of times in this game. They fanned all their uh, protection toward me. You know, what are you going to do? The true greats, the DeMarcus Wares of all time and the Reggie Whites and the great pass rushers that are in the Hall of Fame or in case of DeMarcus Ware will eventually be in the Hall of Fame. You don't make excuses for them in that sense. They still find a way to get it done. I am going to postulate that Von Miller's production, eight sacks to go along with 77 total pressures, which ranked him number seven in the NFL last year, according to Pro Football Focus. Now, these aren't grades. These are real metrics. So these are these are metrics that we can trust. We're not talking about arbitrary grades from Pro Football Focus, which we are at times critical of. We're talking about hard metrics. Did he get to pressure or didn't he? Von Miller had 77 pressures last year, which ranked him number seven. Now, Zach, let me just read to you the six players that registered more uh, pressures last year than Von Miller. Actually, let me just finish my thought. I'm sorry. The fact that he got eight, what I was getting to, I, I distracted myself on this one, but what I was getting to is the fact that he got eight is actually a credit to Von Miller's talent. It's actually a credit to what he accomplished and the, the caliber of pass rusher that he is because of all the obstacles he faced. He had literally no help from a pass rush perspective opposing Offenses, they basically just game planned him not so much out of the game, but to they they significantly limited him through the double teams, through the triple teams, and he still managed to get eight sacks while appearing in 15 games. He did miss one game with that knee. Now, Zach, let me get back to what I was going to say here. Six players, six edge rushers totaled more pressures than Von Miller. Here's who it was. I'm going to start with just from the very top. Number one, Zadarius Smith tallied more pass rush pressures 
than anyone else, according to Pro Football Focus. He had 93 last year, followed by Daniel Hunter, number two, with 88. Cameron Jordan, number three, with 83. Shaq Barrett came in at four with 81, tied with TJ Watt, for what it's worth. And then Nick Bosa had 80. Then it's Vaughn. Then it's Chandler Jones. Then it's Joey Bosa. Then it's Khalil Mack. You've got six players here, Zach, that they have list that, that was more productive in terms of pass rush uh, pressures, but still to leave Von Miller off of that top 10 list completely throws out the baby with the bathwater because you're talking about a player now that's got, what is it, nine years in the league or was last year his 10th? I mean, you can't forget about Von Miller just because for one year he didn't get to double-digit sacks. I get the fact this is based strictly off 2019, not necessarily cumulative for their careers. But if you're going by that criteria, why is Miles Garrett on there? He had a guy with a helmet. He missed half the season. He was suspended. Thank you. Why is he on there? And it seems like, Chad, if you look at the names, all those names are from the same team that they listed as having best off seasons. The mm-hmm. Saints, or, you know, the uh, the 49ers, the, the Chargers. I don't know why the Chargers are getting so much praise this offseason. They really haven't had a great free agent period, a great draft. I mean, they have some nice pieces there, but they're, they're, the clout that they're receiving is a little premature until they prove otherwise. Again, though, I mean, we saw I saw one of the comments here. I believe it was by, uh, by Zach's web designs. He said, it's just bias against Denver again. Hashtag let him eat. It's exactly what it is. Uh, they don't realize what the Broncos have this season. They look at last year. They go over the box scores. They go over the stat columns, and they form narratives. They form their own opinions, and the Broncos haven't been relevant. It all goes back to that. Since 2015, they've really not been relevant. The other teams like the Saints, the Niners, the Bears even, they've been more relevant in recent years. The Broncos just has forgotten team and even with even with Von Miller on their team the Broncos are still forgotten that says it all so let him keep hating let him keep counting out Von Miller when he has 15 sacks this year more than half of those people on that list they'll come running back he'll be on the list this time next year they're fraud Chad in the media it's fraudulent I agree you got to take these factors for example in terms of understanding and explaining Von Miller's down year you got Vic Fangio who struggled to implement his his defensive vision in his first year in Denver. It took some time. I mean, gang, we're talking about records and new precedents being set last year with the Denver Broncos going almost a full first quarter of the season without registering a sack or a takeaway. That was a good example of Vic Fangio acclimating to calling plays from the sideline and also the fact that it takes time for Fangio's scheme, which is more complex, way more complex than the preceding system the Broncos ran, It takes time for that scheme to sink in, for players to fully assimilate it to a point where they're out on the field just playing and reacting. They're not thinking. You know, this buffering period, it took a lot longer, I think, than the Broncos initially expected from Vic Fangio. But that's one thing. Then the dam finally breaks in week four, and everyone's thinking, all right, we're good, you know, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everyone can kind of exhale, and then Bradley Chubb goes down with the torn ACL in the very same game. He finished the game, but – after that game, we find out that he's done for the season. That was a significant blow to Vaughn. Not to say that Vaughn absolutely has to have, you know, an, a Pro Bowl compliment on the other side of the line of scrimmage. But when you're the only pass rush threat, I mean, it really does. It does take a lot to overcome the amount of focus and attention he received from opponents. And they basically, as I said, they fan protection Miller's way on passing downs. You get in the double teams. You get in the triple teams. And again, I I remain adamant on this, Zach. The fact that he still managed to post eight sacks, 77 pressures in the face of that 
enormous obstacle, in my opinion, really is a credit to his wherewithal and his talent. And is it perfectly up to his traditional standards? No. I mean, if you're going to be, you can just be a box score scout and look at the box score, uh, look, just Google Von Miller stats and you'll see that eight sacks is below his standard by quite a bit. But when you understand some of the nuances that go in, that went into last season, you understand it, which guys like this guys who made this list didn't take the time to understand. They didn't watch the film. Right. They weren't looking at the advanced analytics. They were just going off of highlight reels. They were just going off of box scores. And getting back to your words, Zach, the F word, frauds. It's exactly the case. I was going to say to a teacher, they look at the box scores, they look at the overall picture, but if they just put on the film, even from the, the regular season finale against the Raiders, I just watched highlights of that game myself. Von Miller was very Von Miller-like. He got around the tackle, did a little bend-under move. That was classic, typical throwback Von Miller. He was starting to hit his groove if you watch the tape as the season went on. Still with a down season for him, he's getting paid like a premier, almost franchise quarterback, has to produce better has to be in double digits he had eight sacks though considering all that went wrong he was still von miller dealt with an injury dealt with his over is his weight the, the coaching changes the personnel changes still had eight sacks but if you watch that tape from the raiders game he was finally starting to hit his von like form again but they don't do that they don't bother watching the tape they don't bother giving the broncos any extra attention or they don't look for the finer details they form one narrative one opinion and absolutely just run with it no matter how incorrect or lazy it is absolutely fraudulent this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies joe biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine they push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. One of our superstars, Jeff Cohen, jumping in with a $5 super. Really Thank appreciate you, that, my friend. Yes, indeed. Cam Newton and the Patriots are going to get destroyed by the Broncos and Von Miller again. Hashtag resurgence. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag 
State of being and hashtag Zach loves Coral Springs. Yeah, gang, in case you missed it, Cam Newton, thank you, Jeff. Cam Newton did sign. This was something that we mentioned as a likely landing spot for him, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist yeah. to, to realize that that was a, a, a potentially good marriage. The Patriots were without a bona fide proven quarterback, and Cam Newton was a looking. And eventually they came to terms. I'm not sure what the terms on the deal are quite yet, but it's one year. And the Broncos do draw the Patriots on the schedule this year, Zach, which Cam Newton has never, ever had a good day against the Denver Broncos. So it'll be interesting to see how that particular matchup shakes out and how Vaughn might affect that particular game because he kind of lives in between Cam Newton's ears. I would not be surprised if the Broncos face Jared Stidham. I think the Patriots are a lot higher on Stidham than they let on, and they like what he brings to the table. Cam Newton is what Andy Dalton is for Dallas. It's just pure insurance for their starting quarterback, and it was a smart move on both their parts. You can rehab his value there, but I do think it will be Stidham starting out the season, and Cam is just that that good backup and, and veteran insurance to have. If he does see the field, though, I mean, we all know the Broncos ended his career, you can argue, Cam Newton. So uh, he'll just do it again, and Von will, like you said, Chad, get up for that game. Greg, down in Vegas, it's good to have you in the stream here, my friend, on Facebook. <clears throat> I'm sure if we would, if the word that shall go unmentioned hadn't happened and we would have been able to follow through on our plans to host a draft meet and greet and a hangout and a party with our listeners and super chat superstars, Greg, I'm sure you would have been there. So we're going to try and hopefully make up for that this year when the Denver Broncos travel to Vegas. We'll figure something out. But a lot of our listeners, a lot of Broncos fans live in Las Vegas. So uh, Justin jumping in with a $2 super. Really Thank appreciate you, that. And I don't recognize your name in the stream, so it's good to have you, my friend. Welcome. He says, what up, fellas? Love your pods. Keep them coming. Yes, sir. No problem. No problem, dude. We got you. All right, let's see what else we got here. I want to see some of your reactions, some of your thoughts on these two topics that uh, we have touched on tonight from CBS Sports, just bordering on incompetence here, just the laziest of analysis. Bordering? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no holds barred tonight man no holds barred you're right you're right no holds barred um goodness gracious here we go poppy jumping in with a very wow. very very oh. generous super very symbolic as well yeah she and christy are are they do that quite often when they show some love on super chat they'll use a symbolic number and in this case a outpouring of support for Von Miller, number 58 himself. She says, showing some love for all you guys do. Thank you. Go Broncos. <clears throat> Bobby, you know that means the world to us. Yeah. Thank you very much, my friend. That it's incredible. It's there's no words for it, Bobby. And it's very like you said, for a podcast that's centering around supporting Von Miller, how, how much better can you get than that? So we definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we love you. And hopefully uh, you saw yeah. the article that came out today. I know Bobby's one of those that was captivated when Peyton Manning came to Denver. And I hopefully you got a chance to see the article that Bob Morris published earlier today at milehighhuddle.com talking about Peyton Manning making uh, some advanced analytics lists for the best and worst performances of the last 10 years in the NFL. So go check that out after the podcast, probably when you get some time. And thank you again. It means the world to yeah. us. Uh, Kathy, she says, I'm a little glad that Cam isn't going to play for the Broncos. There was some hubbub about that last week. Yeah, there was a – it was Woody Page, who everyone knows who Woody Page is. Well, if you don't know who Woody Page is, famous ESPN analyst, but a long time, probably the longest tenure Denver beat writer, bona fide insider. 
he was literally pounding the table for the Broncos to go out and sign Cam Newton as late as last week. In fact, that's when the article came out. And Zach, I think our listeners know how we felt about that particular take. It was never going to happen. I'm still surprised that Woody Page put that out there, considering how high the organization is on Drew Locke. But, you know, it's the offseason, not much to talk about. But we correctly shot that down as it should have been, and it was just no chance of that materializing. Kenneth is saying it's one year, $7.5 million. Uh, let me see if there's anything else, any other info on that. It was highly incentivized, I'm sure, based around playing time, escalators, and stuff like that. It's not bad, though, if that's his base salary, guaranteed. No, I mean, plus you get a chance to go really answer the question. Who deserved more credit in – I mean, that's one, one of the fun things about 2020 is we're going to get an answer to the, to the question that I think all football fans have pondered over the last 20 years. Who's more – who deserves more of the credit for the Patriots' dynasties and sustained success? Was it Belichick, the coach? Was it Tom Brady, the quarterback? Yeah. Well, Cam no. Newton, in his own ways, that can help answer that. Yeah, I just don't think it's the same Cam. If the Patriots are thinking they're getting 2015-2014 Cam, they're in for a rude awakening. I, I think they know, based on that contract structure, that he's he has to earn his way up back to that starting job if he's ever going to get there in New England. Don says, with a healthy Bradley Chubb, Von sack numbers will go up ASAP. And there is some truth to that because, again, when you're able to sell out as an offense and fan your protection to whatever side of the line – the quarterback gets to the line. You got a tight end in the slot, or maybe he's in line. Wherever side Vaughn's on, you put the tight end over there, and then you fan your protection out that way pre-snap. You can't do that if you've also got Bradley Chubb on the field. If you've got two bona fide threats on the outside, you can't sell out. Plus, if you catch what the Broncos' vision is defensively, you got Jarrell Casey pushing the pocket from the inside. This is not just yeah. a five-time Pro Bowler, Zach. This is a guy who's been to five consecutive Pro Bowls, plus Shelby Harris starting and playing the full season in his natural position. you got to remember, it took some time for Shelby to get up to speed last year because the Broncos tried him out at nose tackle for the first quarter of the season where he was completely ineffective and, in, and completely ineffectual. He's playing instead at his natural position inside. Harris and Casey are formidable interior pass rushers, plus that's – you know, to say nothing of Draymond Jones, to say nothing of whatever happens with Demarcus Walker, and to say nothing of whatever might develop with McTelvin Ajim. Zach, this could be a smorgasbord for Vic Fangio, not necessarily even coming up with NASCAR packages like the old Wade Phillips scheme when you when he could throw Vaughn, Demarcus Ware, Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett, different combinations on passing downs. This is like in base packages, this is going to be a front seven. Very difficult for opponents to contend with from a pass rush perspective. Pick your poison. Right. I can see Vaughn doubling his sack total. I think he'll finish anywhere from 12 to 15 or 16 sacks. I mean, he obviously has the potential, and everything's working in his favor. Bradley Chubb coming back. A better secondary, which should force quarterbacks to hold the ball a little longer. Vic Fangio uh, second year with his defense. Vaughn being a little more lean, being a little more motivated. All the stars are aligning for Vaughn Miller. I would be shocked. If he's if he plays a full 16 game schedule, if he's held under 12 sacks, I think that's the floor for Vaughn this year. He's gonna bounce back in a big way. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Let's grab Travis. Showing some love on Super Chat. Really appreciate that, my friend. Thank you, Travis. He says, Sup, guys. Love the show. Love this team. Denver Broncos for life. Recently had cervical spine surgery. Ouch, man. That ain't stopping me from tuning in as I heal, though. Playoffs 2020. (laughs) Wow, dude. That's some dedication. That's some passion. Our thoughts are with you, my friend. Hopefully everything goes well with your recovery. I can't imagine that as someone who, uh, I've mentioned this before on the show, as someone who has suffered a broken back before, I understand what spine pain can feel like. It ain't good. So our thoughts are with you, my friend, and uh, best wishes to you. Thank you for for your support. Speedy recovery for sure, Travis. All right, let me see what else we got cooking here uh, in the stream. We got Flynn coming in with a question. Hey, guys, good to catch you live again. My question is, if for some reason we finish at 500 or below, is Fangio's job in jeopardy? Um, yeah, it's in jeopardy, but I think I, he's safe as long as Elway remains in the front office for now. Yeah. Like Elway, he can't fire another guy without firing himself, to be honest with you. And, and as long as Locke is the quarterback, they're not going to fire Fangio it, it being Locke's first year as a full-time starter. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll play that excuse up. They'll throw him under, under the bus. And that's the reason why they, they'll finish below 500. So I could see him being on the hot seat if they go like two and fourteen or three and thirteen. There's no excuse for that if they all stay healthy this year. But I think if they have for some reason a seven and nine season, six and ten, eight and eight, he'll get another year in Denver. But that would be the last. That would be the the crapper get off the pot time for Fangio in twenty twenty one. You know, I said he can't fire another head coach without firing himself. And no G I mean, look, human beings don't fire themselves with very few exceptions. I mean especially you get into big, powerful positions like football. Um, what is it? President, excuse me, of football operations. No longer a VP. He's the top football executive at the Valley. They just don't fire themselves. So I think even if it's a 500, if it's slightly below, like if it's a seven and nine season again, depends on how 
those seven wins and nine losses came to be type thing. But I think this is, it would be one of those situations where if it's that close to the to the margin, they grin and bear it, hold on for dear life, and hope that 2021 is the magical season because that's the contract year for John Elway. And I believe also uh, – I'm not sure on Vic Fangio. I don't want to say that. Let's grab Zach jumping in. Great who, uh, says, I believe what Elway's doing these past three off seasons, minus the Joe Flunko experiment, is what <laughs> is going to bring us success in the next decade. That's the that's the idea, Zach. That's the plan. I mean, it started with a really well. Actually, let's dial it back even farther. You go from 2015 through 2017 with some very questionable decisions in the draft from John Elway and Matt Russell, but then from 2018 you could feel something change, some, something yep. shifted. And what we learned was that the Broncos went from just prioritizing talent and speed and all this athleticism to finding guys who were had those same that their their intangibles were on the same level as their physical gifts, leadership, football IQ, passion for the game, commitment to the game, these type of things. And that started with 2018, doubled down with another class in 2019, which also included a, a future franchise caliber quarterback. And then finishing touches on this rebuild happens, I think, Zach, with this third class, bringing in Jerry Judy, bringing in K.J. Hamler. I mean, bringing in Lloyd Cushenberry, even Albert O, McTelvin Ajim, all these guys are not only very talented, but they're leaders. They're passionate about the game. They take their craft seriously. These aren't dudes that are more concerned about playing Xbox or chasing girls at the club. or Not to say that they don't do those things, but football comes first for these guys. I, I think you nailed it with the draft and the Broncos were building from within. You can't buy a championship. I mean, you can argue that they did it in 2015, but they had a lot of pieces established already. They drafted well in the years prior to that. And having that defense together was the big catalyst for that, but they've drafted from within. They've built from within and Elway. It started with firing Vance Joseph. He took a hard look in the mirror and asked himself, how can I be better? How can I improve? He started getting advice and suggestions and taking his cues from people around him. Matt, Russell, the scouting department, those kind of minions he's leaned on. It's made him a better general manager. He hired the right head coach. Then the Flacco disaster. That was a second strike against him. I can't trade for franchise, you know, understood franchise quarterbacks. I can't sign the case. Keenum's expect them to, to lead to titles. I got to draft the guy. It, it's a young passing league. You need that young gunslinging franchise quarterback. He did that last year with Drew Locke. So it was all a mindset shift as far as I'm concerned with John Elway. He really ate a lot of self-crow, and he had a lot of egg on his face that he had to wipe off slowly but surely, and he's done that, and he's grown as a general manager, and it's no coincidence as to why the Broncos are set up for success, not just in 2020, but 2021, 22, 23, 24, 25, and so on. Amen, my friend. Here's Gilster37 chiming in on Super Chat. Really appreciate Thank that. Thank you, Gilster. Showing some love to John Elway and the great Mel Brooks, who wrote, directed, acted in some of the best, most irreverent, politically incorrect comedies of all time. I mean, Mel Brooks is is just Legend. an OG, dude, from Young Frankenstein to Blazing Saddles to Spaceballs. I mean, this dude. So, yeah, how old, Mel Brooks got to be pushing 90 by now, I would think. But I didn't realize, Zach, that he and John Elway shared a birthday. Yeah, and John Elway's birthday, I don't know if you know, Chad, if you've seen the meme, it's constantly like every day of the week, it's John Elway's birthday. It's just a running, I guess, a running joke on Twitter, but it's it's the real deal today. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, did a jump on me. Bear with me one second. Oh, it's the queen. 
Wow. Jumping in from the top rope that's, because that's why we bow. And remember, it's always symbolic. Christy, you saw it first with Pobby tonight, but Christy's the one that started that tradition here at the Huddle Up podcast. John Elway's 60th birthday. She's showing the love and uh, maintaining her spot as the as the queen of MHH. She says, That's right. happy birthday, Duke. Much love. Thanks, guys. Making my night good. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag cooking dinner. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Christy. It means the world to us. You know that. Be sure to adjust that crowd. That's right. That's right. Don't let it get in the way while you're trying to fry up some chicken or whatever you're doing in the in the kitchen tonight. All right, let me see what else we got here from Doug. Doug, another name that I don't recognize oh. in, in the super chat, which is just phenomenal. Welcome, Doug. That. Thank you. I say that as a welcoming, Doug. Like it's great to see how the show continues to grow. New listeners, not only listening and, and participating in the live streams, but supporting what we're doing at MHH on Super Chat means the world to us. He says. I love the let the stream breathe. We'll be using that to start up business virtual meetings. See how many catch on. You know, it's funny what ends up becoming little sayings and what people kind of latch on to, Zach. Letting the stream breathe, that's something that people have, for whatever reason, they kind of find it funny. Chad, you're full of them. I mean, football pre, state of being, let it breathe. Everything you say is a catchphrase. I think you missed your calling in marketing or advertising. Well, maybe. But I do plenty of that for for MHH. I say that with love. Yeah, indeed. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, here's Brian Kraft jumping in to say, very dedicated and passionate supporter of the Huddle Up podcast, very outgoing in the chat stream. He says, I think the Broncos will be a play, uh, will be playoff champions and all the way to the Super Bowl champs again this year. Hey, dude. I don't know if, I don't know if uh, we can join you on that in terms of a bold prediction. Never but know. We'd love to see it happen. And I think they're, you know, they're setting it up to make that a possibility anyway in the next, you know, three to five year window if these dominoes fall, Zach, the way the team hopes. Raise your hand if you have the Titans in the AFC title game last year. I mean, literally anything can happen at any given time. If Locke gets really hot, if he takes a couple steps in his development, it's not out of the question considering the personnel they have and the defense they're going to have this year. The defense alone, Chad, can win the Broncos seven, eight games on the schedule. It's the offense that's the difference between eight and eight, nine and seven, you know, maybe 10 and, 10 and six, 11 and five. Amen to that. Let me just see here real quick. We got a uh, question from Sleek Tro on YouTube. Good to see you. I believe Driscoll can be the second, talking Jeff Driscoll, the quarterback the Broncos signed to back up lock, can be the second quarterback. But do you think Brett Rippon will be the second quarterback over Driscoll? I feel like we just answered this on the last we, pod. We did, we did talk about this as a subject anyway a couple pods ago, and maybe Sleek Tro missed that one. But I think it's very much a, a distinct possibility, Zach. You look at Jeff Driscoll, he's probably a more physically gifted player than Brett Rippon is. Rippon's kind of got the noodle arm and very smart, got decent size, but not a lot of measurables in terms of arm strength anyway that you really write home about. But going to a spread offense with Pat Shermer, even though he's losing his advocate, even though he's losing Rich Gangarello, He's getting Pat Shermer in that spread offense, which for an accurate thrower of the football, like Brett Ripon, he doesn't have the mustard, but he's got the accuracy. It wouldn't surprise me to see him leapfrog Driscoll. And if that happens, what would be the point of holding on to Driscoll other than whatever you might owe him guaranteed? And I don't have his contract right up in front of me, but it's a possibility, but I'm not 
quite ready to say, you know, bold prediction, Rippon's going to beat out Driscoll. Follow the money. That's the thing also is that Driscoll has experience, starting experience, experience in the NFL, skin in the game, and whereas Brett Rippon doesn't have that. He has one season, and he's, in a best-case scenario, he's Trevor Simeon. And Jeff Driscoll, I think, is better than Trevor Simeon. He can be a pinch starter. He can hold down the fort. He's a smart guy. I like the move the, the Broncos made at quarterback, getting a experience back up a veteran guy, but not one that's going to steal any headlines or make any waves like Cam Newton or Case Keenum, whoever. I do like Driscoll. I, I would be surprised though, Chad. I'll disagree just a little bit. I'd be surprised if Rippin beats out Jeff Driscoll. I just think that the talent discrepancy and him being a veteran will give him the edge. And that's the, I, I think why the Broncos signed him. It's going to be fun to see how that particular competition shakes out. But as is the case with most NFL battles, oftentimes you just follow the money and you can pretty close to perfectly predict who's going to win. There are exceptions that prove the rule. I mean, look at the Matt Flynn. Russell Wilson situation in Seattle back in 2012 as an example that is the exception proving the rule. Uh, we got SG4AU, Sar- Sarge, maybe a sergeant. He's got the military look on Periscope on Twitter. Thanks for joining us, my friend. It's good to have you with us. He says, yeah. do you think we make any middle linebacker or cornerback moves? Zach, we have on the topic of cornerbacks – Flying that horse to death. The Broncos are in a holding pattern with regard to the cornerback depth until something changes, until they see it, anything out on the grass in training camp early preseason to make them go out and do something different. But what's your answer for off-ball linebacker? No. I mean, they, they have A.J. Johnson. They have Josie Jewell. They have Todd Davis. They drafted Sternod. I mean, I think they're fairly – and they have Justin Hollins who can play inside linebacker. They're fairly set at ILB. Of course, we want an, another veteran there besides Todd Davis. Of course, we want a more explosive linebacker. But as Vic Fangio showed the last two offseasons, he doesn't invest heavily, especially with outside guys in that position. He prefers to groom his own inside linebackers. And you saw it with Johnson. You'll see it this year with Sternod. I think they'll be in good hands by midseason – having them too as the linebackers of the future. We got Mark Langley, one of our bona fide super chat superstars jumping in. Everybody <laughs> buckle up. Here we go. Mark is wading into the fray here. He says, very generous super chat. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank says, you, Mark. What's up, my guys? Garrett got caught walking his dots and Denver media asked him, what's his name? It's Dookie <laughs> Bowles. <laughs> Dude, I wish I – sometimes I wonder why I still have the sense of humor of a 13-year-old. I'm right there with well, you. Well, the turd is never far from the toilet. Hashtag use toilet <laughs> bowls. Hashtag new profile pic. Hashtag football priest. I'm trying to see – can you make that out? I can't. Okay, it, okay. Try try my – Okay, careful, careful, careful. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I like it. Family-friendly Family program. Family-friendly show. Everyone can <laughs> – Read so go ahead and read that when you get a chance, gang. And it's kind of funny, not kind of. It's it's very funny. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. We uh, we love you, my buddy. All right, let's see what else we got from another one of our superstars. Discount audio wills the da dub generous super. Appreciate you, Thank bro. You. Hey, fellas, finally catching you guys live again. It's good to have you. Forget all the haters. Vaughn will ball out. Locke will develop. Philip is hungry. We are on the rise again. NFL, watch out. The Broncos are coming. Keep sleeping on us. Hey, man, love the fire. We're right there with you. Like, this is a team that is is being slept on. And, you know, it's almost the way it it should be right now. Let them sleep. You want them to 
overlook and underestimate the Broncos because by the time you get to the, the season and this team is just popping off, like you, you want to be able to kind of come out of nowhere when teams least expect it, then be that big 800 pound gorilla that everyone right. is running for. Yeah, I, I don't want the Broncos to have these wild expectations, get too full of themselves, read their own press clippings. Even last year when Fangio took the job, they got Joe Flacco. They had some te- pieces on offense and defense, and they just were disappointing overall. I, I, so I want the Broncos to be counted out. As frustrating as it is, as annoying as it is to read these 3-13 and 13 predictions and these, these lists where the Broncos are just omitted from, let them hate. It will make the Broncos a better team, and it's going to be so much more satisfying in January than getting your satisfaction in June. Just just hang in there. The Broncos will prove all these guys wrong. I can literally cannot wait for that. Robert wants to know on, on YouTube, have any of the other AFC West teams got together for practice off away from the facility like the Broncos? I'm sure they have on some level or another. I just don't know exactly who, where, when, what, yeah. because I don't. I don't cover those teams. So, uh, Zach, do you have any additional insight on that for Robert? I think I saw a car leading some sort of passing drills. Yeah. I might have yeah. been wrong, but I know that the Niners are doing it. I, like you said, though, I'm not really following other teams that closely. I'm sure they have informal workouts, but the Broncos are putting it on Main Street. That lock is getting everyone together, and we all care about the Broncos. So, We got uh, on Facebook, Zebulon Omega, Kevin Lind. That's a very... <laughs> powerful handle you got there kevin how many pro bowlers will the defense have that's a great question that's a good dude. question yeah great question i'm gonna say let me write it down so i know i want to think I'm gonna about say, this i'm gonna say vaughn bounces back and he'll he'll get to the pro bowl just like he did last year name so recognition vaughn, he'll get it regardless vaughn i'm gonna say chubb because i one of my bold predictions this year is that chubb's gonna come back bigger faster stronger and be a Comeback player of the year candidate. Possibly Jarrell Casey. I'll throw him in there as a candidate anyway. Simmons. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson. So there's five, and I'm going to throw in Alexander Johnson. Mm. Now, one guy, two guys to, to that are sleepers. Wouldn't surprise me if in Fangio's scheme, A.J. Bouye bounces back to Pro Bowl form. And if Bryce Callahan actually stays healthy, he has that potential as well. But I'm going to say there's a, there's a legitimate chance, Zach, Five Pro Bowlers from a defense, and if the W's come, you can almost guarantee that it's going to be five. Or, I mean, it's, that's a lot. But the Pro Bowl has so much to do with whose highlights are being shown throughout the week on ESPN and NFL right. Network. Who are the guys making the plays, celebrating the W's? So, I'm, I'm going to say five, Zach. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I have four no-brainers, I think, right now. And two of these guys, and Von Miller and Jarrell Casey, get it because of name recognition, Chad. So even if they have just decent seasons, them being perennial pro bowlers, Casey being a five-straight pro bowler, five you know, five time in a row, I think he'll get in there. Justin Simmons, I think, is going to take that next step. Um, he'll be a pro bowler. And uh, I can see uh, A.J. Boye as well. He was a couple years ago. He kind of fell off in Jacksonville. He's in a much better scheme. He's the, the, the no-doubt number one cornerback. They're going to force a lot of turnovers. I can see at a minimum four. Then you add in Bradley Chubb. He comes back to 2018 form. Could be on there as well. The Broncos have two edge guys, though, in the Pro Bowl. That means their defense is lighting up quarterbacks. It means the Broncos, like you said, Chad, are winning a lot of ball games. Um, I'm excited. You just got me even more excited. <laughs> I, I felt a stir, if you know what I mean. So awesome, dude. I it'll Good be question, nice. Though. That was fun. If, if those dubs come, the individual accolades will follow. Glenn, uh, by the way, 
our thoughts are with you. Uh, we heard about what's going on with the, your kids. The word that shall go unnamed, our thoughts are with you, my friend. Let us know if there's anything we can do on that front. Um, David jumping in, he wants to know on YouTube, do you guys know why the Broncos and Chris Landry don't get along? There must be a backstory. Yeah, so the issue there is when the Broncos, I don't know if he still does it, but uh, Sandy Clough used to have Chris Landry on for a segment every uh, once a week. And in one of those segments on 104.3 The Fan, Chris Landry, when the Broncos hired John Elway way back in 2011 as a football executive, was extremely dubious and said publicly, Elway is not a football guy, meaning he's not a scout. He didn't, he didn't become a GM or an executive growing through the football ranks. And that rubbed a lot of people wrong. I don't know if there was bad blood between them predating that, like if there was some kind of beef between Landry and Elway. That I don't know. But I can tell you that's why there is a, 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 you know, a gulf between the two up to this point because it was an asinine thing to say, to be honest with you. Because, yeah, you can, you can say, well, you know, he didn't come up through the scouting ranks. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback, dude. The dude knows football. He, needs to, he obviously needed a little time on the job. Thank, thank, uh, thankfully, guys like Brian Zander, uh, Matt Russell kind of helped him learn some of the, you know, the ins and outs and the daily grind of, of that job. But from knowing football and knowing what you're seeing, who better than a guy who played 16 years in the league, went to five Super Bowls, won two Super Bowls in the Hall of Fame. So that was the big point of demarcation, David, is Chris Landry said when John Elway was hired, he's not a football guy. There it is. Sounds like sour grapes to me. And it just seems like two guys with big egos, butting heads. It happens. You got Terry up in Canada proving north of the 49th parallel that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a hashtag state of being. Right. Good to see you, my friend. Thank also you, cool to see you put a put a face to the name. He sent us his profile pic when he got his state of being hoodie, and, and we vaulted him on social media. So it's good to see you, Terry. Hope you like the hoodie, too. Let us know. Indeed. Here's Glenn showing some love. Appreciate that, Glenn. On my phone, so I'll have to pretend Elway's number is 499. <laughs> my super chat. Hope it was a great weekend. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag let it breathe. Hashtag we need a slogan T. Ooh, interesting. Indeed. Thanks, Glenn. We uh, we appreciate you, bro. And again, thoughts are with you and your your family. Speaking of Super Chat superstars rocking the Football Priest t-shirt in the flesh, Eclipse Stormborn jumping in means a lot to us, my Thank friend. You. Thank you. He says, happy Sunday, Priest and Broncos country. No questions tonight. Just checking in. Happy birthday to John Elway. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag let him hate. Hashtag 8K on the way. You ain't kidding, my friend. It's coming quick, and especially once we get cleats back on the grass, it's just going to pop off. But uh, it's cool to just see Zach again. We talk about this often on this podcast. There's a reason why the hashtag state of being became a thing. It's cool to see Broncos country is everywhere. The different locations. I mean, Eclipse Stormboard. He's in Pennsylvania. You got, I can't remember where Glenn is now. You got big KP, you know, he's in Florida. You got Mark is in Georgia. You got Terry up in Canada. I mean, it's, it's all across the fruited plain. 
Whoa, Chad, you're being too positive, though, about our, our Super Chat superstars. Might want to rein that in a little bit. But <laughs> it, it's funny, though. I mean, what took me by surprise, not just the people around the country, Broncos. I knew they travel well, Broncos fans, but in the Philippines, in Japan, in Australia, in England, Canada, it's Broncos world to uh, quote Buana. It, it truly is a, a Broncos planet, and, and the Broncos truly have the best fan base. Gang, correction here. We were uh, we got some we got some <clears throat> flawed information from our um, well intended well intended producer Vana Beast. <laughs> it's not Glenn whose kids are beset by the word that she'll go and mention. It was Duke, it, right? It's Duke. Yes. Yeah. So apologies, my bad. Uh, Buana's bad. We love you. Either way, Glenn. You know we're still we, our thoughts are always with Glenn in uh, New Hampshire, although he grew up in Colorado. He said. But Duke, especially my friend, I don't know if Duke is in the stream tonight. I haven't seen him quite yet, but uh, thoughts are with you, my buddy. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans jumping in five dollar super, bonafide superstar. You got a little something, something coming your way, Mike. By the way, so that allow a little bit of time, it'll get to you. He says, "Appreciate y'all." He's predicting here ten and six in twenty twenty. What do you think, Zach? I don't see why that's that's so uh, you know egregious. They went seven to nine last year. They have Drew Locke, and we have all the pieces that we talk about. Chad, the defense. If they have four or five Pro Bowlers, that's exactly why they can win ten games. This is a top five defense on paper, and couple that with a top thirteen offense, top ten offense, top fifteen, whatever. This is a playoff caliber team. I, nine and seven is not the goal, Chad. It is the expectation. So ten and six, right above that, definitely doable. Brian, Brett Rippon is not the son of Super Bowl champion Mark Rippon, former Redskins quarterback. He is the nephew of Mark Rippon. So they are related, yes, but not father-son. It's uncle-nephew. Let's grab KP. Speaking of, jumping in, $10 super. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, bro. He says, same question as last night because I'd like your take. Do we have a three- or four-year window for a Super Bowl based on the youth and impending paydays for our up-and-comers? Yeah. That's I, I touched on it earlier in the show, and again, thank you for the super KP. Um, the Broncos, this is the this is the window. It literally is a three year window. You gotta strike while the while the iron's hot, while Locke is still on that rookie contract. Yep. The question is, Zach, do they have the talent to actually strike while the while the while the iron is hot? What do you think? All comes down to the quarterback. You you have Locke on his rookie deal. Bradley Chubb. I mean, Philip Lindsay's still going to be an RFA next year. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Now you have so many guys on the rookie contracts, and it all gives the Broncos at least, at least collectively, two seasons to win a title. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I, I would say no right now. It could be a playoff year. But absolutely, Chad, if Locke develops as the Broncos think he will, they can be a Super Bowl contending team by 2022. Discount Audio in Wales just jumping in, showing some love. They're sleeping on the Broncos. Football. I see a I see a trophy there. I love it, dude. I love it. Really appreciate the support. Yeah, thank you. I asked you this last time you were in the stream. How's the store doing? He's a he owns a physical brick and mortar shop. Discount audio in Wales. How's the store doing in uh, recovery from the word that shall go unnamed? Hope it's doing well. Yeah. If there's anything we can do to help you on that front, dude, reach out, let me know. And here's Glenn. <laughs> My kids are fine. Must be another one of our MHAers. Yeah, sorry about that, Doc. That's that's on us. But uh, hey, man, good intentions. You know, we're thinking about our our community. Um, here's Kenneth Booker jumping in to say, I was watching today. Peyton Manning was leaning towards the Redskins over the Broncos until Dan Snyder 
uh, traded up for the picks to get RG3, and that's what killed the deal. Yeah, I mean, it's I would I don't think he would have, to be honest with you. I know they he got a bigger offer, if I'm not mistaken, but that would have required him going against his brother twice, not just being in the same mm. conference, but in the same division twice a year, which was something he specifically preferred to avoid. So who who's to say if they don't make that blockbuster move? I know that Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, that is, and Peyton were always uh, admirers admirers of one another from afar. They'd sometimes get together when they'd coach in the he'd coach in the Pro Bowl and Manning would play in the Pro Bowl and a lot of mutual respect. I could see why he would want to play for Shanahan, but again, Zach, he did not want to be in a situation where he would be an obstacle that direct of an obstacle to his brother in the division. Now, you know, you're playing in the same league, you push game to shove, you meet in the Super Bowl like the Harbaugh brothers did a few years back, then, you know, that's just letting the chips fall as they may. But uh, it doesn't matter because we know which way that cookie crumbled. Yeah, and uh, you know what? If uh, if it wasn't going to be the Broncos, I feel like for Peyton Manning, it would have been the Titans or maybe even the 49ers. It, it wouldn't have been a team like in the division, like you said. And it's part of the reason why Peyton wouldn't even call games on ESPN. He didn't want to call games that Eli Manning was playing in with the Giants. So I, I don't think he would have went to the Redskins. I think it was a perfect scenario, a perfect storm where the Broncos came courting him. They had the money, they had the interest, and it came together. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, by the way, I don't see I, I haven't seen Duke in the stream, so I don't think he's with us. I'm sure he'll listen after the fact. So Duke Hope all as well. We yeah. love you. Hope everything's in good, our thoughts. JJ in the hizzy, rocking the wow. extremely rare Mile High Huddle hat that he won on uh one of our Apple Podcast giveaways. And by the way, gang, head over to Apple Podcasts. Even if your preferred listening platform is YouTube or Facebook or Periscope, wherever you Listen, even if it's not Apple Podcasts where you mostly listen to these shows, head on over there if you have an iPhone and leave us a five-star review, creative review as well. Let us know your thoughts. And uh, we like to do giveaways, which we'll be doing a giveaway here. The month is almost over for we'll pick a random name or two out of the hat from those who left a review in the month of June. Send some swag from the merch store your way. And that's how JJ here got that extremely rare. Mile High Huddle hat that was that was made. There were only like ten of them made ever, and uh, he got one of them. So appreciate you. He's very generous. Super chat too. Thanks, Jordan. Um, can't leave out swag. LOL. Um, thanks, Christy. Can't wait to see Vaughn sat Cam as a Patriot. Me yeah, too, dude. You're right. Think about Cam Newton was on top of the world MVP. Almost 50 combined touchdowns th- throwing and, and rushing that year. Completely just trounced all comers in the NFC playoff gauntlet. Gets to the Super Bowl, favored to just lambast the Broncos. Von Miller had a little something to say about that. And it's ironic because they opened the next season against each other, right? Week one of the 2016 campaign. Oh, they Von, Cam in that they game. brutalized him in that yeah. game. But even going back before that, when they met in 2012, so their second year in the league, and of course, most people know this, but it was Cam Newton went number one overall in the 2011 draft, and then Vaughn number two. The first time they met was in, I want to say it was 2012. Yes. And Vaughn brutalized him in that game. Like Cam, when it comes to going against the Broncos, you know, there's always the, uh, there's always, it's you know, the, the chance that the exception 
there, there could be the exception that proves the rule. Like this could be the, the year finally that he gets his, his druthers in on, on Vaughn, but I don't see it happening, dude. I think, I think Vaughn Miller just has, what's that, what's that father's day meme that goes around Zach? Yeah, he just he calls him his son. He he sunned him constantly. And you know, when he strip sacked of Cam Newton in Super Bowl fifty, he didn't just take the ball. He took Cam Newton's soul and his pride. And Cam hasn't gotten it back since. I only hope, my only hope is if or when he does sack Cam with the Patriots, it's three pumps. Take the fine, <laughs> take the penalty. I want to see Vaughn with the classic sack on Cam Newton. Three pumps, Vaughn. Three. Yeah, what was it? Uh ding. Kringle McDingleberry or Dingle McCringleberry, <laughs> whatever it was from Key and Peel, that Vaughn was uh those were good days, man. Those were good times. Those were good times. Feels like forever ago. All right, guys. We got to get out of here for tonight. Hour went by blazing fast, just like it always does. Thanks to you guys and great conversation. It's always fun to talk to my partner in crime here, Zach, and get his thoughts on these pressing issues. But it's it's fun as well being able to talk to you guys. It just makes the time fly. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Zach, hope you have a great start to your week, my man. You too. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like these Broncos, you know, narratives or these Broncos, this, this bashing, this criticism, but it's so fun to let our hair down chat and kind of just get after it. I'm so tired of hearing about it for one, but I'm also encouraging it on the other hand, because it's going to make the Broncos a better, more motivated kick-ass team. Appreciate that. Terry jumping in again. The monster will eat, he says on Super Chat. Yep. He will. He will. Rest assured. That's going to be a game that you know the Broncos will have their dander up. And so will Cam. Cam will event. He wants his revenge, some some measure of revenge for Super Bowl 50. But I just don't, I don't think it's going to come this year, Zach. Good luck getting it after missing an entire season, coming off a foot injury and a shoulder injury, playing for Belichick. How is that going to go over? Can you imagine like Cam Newton texting Belichick with the hieroglyphics that he uses? I don't, it's not a marriage made in heaven, I think. So we'll see. All right, guys, please don't forget to leave a like before you X on out of here. Every like helps no matter which platform you're watching the show, Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, uh, Twitch. I still need to figure out Twitch. I need to get with Black Knight 232 and get that figured out. But Zach, thanks for the reminder there, my buddy. And again, just one last reminder before you buzz on out. Follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Make sure you're following at Mile High Huddle as well. Check out the merch store if you're in a position to get yourself a face mask, get yourself a hat, get yourself a T-shirt. But above all else, make sure you're following my partner here on Twitter, Zach Kelberman, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, you can find me at Chad N. Jensen. Stay tuned, guys, because we'll be back in the saddle, of course, tomorrow night, Monday night. We'll see what Monday offers up by way of any Broncos news and developments. And then, of course, Wednesday, look forward to the next installment of our Super Chat Superstars being weaved into the show. We're going to have James Campbell from across the pond on the show. It's going to be a blast. So, Zach, have a great week, and the same to all of you out there in Broncos country. Yeah, you too, Chad. Now, everyone else will see you tomorrow night. Thanks for tuning in tonight, and uh, another great show tomorrow coming up. Much love, much respect, and a mile-high salute to our Super Chat superstars. We will be shouting you out on Twitter after this podcast. Love you guys. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night, same time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Be there. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
the Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.